Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unmistakable Creativity Hour. I am here with my good friend, Gareth Pronovos. Gareth, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Sridi? How are you doing? I just realized my glass of wine is empty. Um, luckily, I didn't start too much further before you this time because that doesn't end well, as we've learned. Yeah, well, hey, listen, it's the unmistakable creativity slash happy hour. That's so true. That's 7.30 at night. Get on board. At 7.30 at night, you know? Yeah. See, it's not that inappropriate. Okay, well, so my idea of happy hour is 5 o'clock, yours is 7.30, and that's because you have children. <laughs> yeah. That's because, yes, because I'm married with kids, Yes, too. I don't exactly. Know so that... <laughs> As always, makes a perfect segue to talking about today's topic, which is the role that context plays in prescriptive advice and how to actually implement the advice that you get from you know, books, courses, coaches, content that you consume, podcasts like this one. Uh, Gareth, what's some really shitty advice yeah. that you followed that you heard about on you know a podcast, read in a book, or got from somebody? Oh man, why do you always come out with it? Like you could you could warn me, Srinny, before you throw me these curveballs. What fun would that be? You know what? Well, yeah, that's a good point. It, it's only fun when I have to tap dance and pander uh, at, in the last seconds. You know, honestly, man, um, I'm always my my personal uh, approach to to this whole entrepreneurial thing uh, is is to fail fast, right? Yeah. One of my one of my professors, I still remember, used to say that all the time, like. I hope that you fail fast and that you learn to fail fast because when you make mistakes, like mistakes are inevitable as we've talked about (laughs) at length in other episodes. Um, So, Hey, at some point you have to just accept the fact that that's going to happen. So I don't think that I've really gone down the rabbit hole too far on crap advice. Yeah. I'll start with some, with some advice that like isn't a fit for me, Mm -hmm. but I think I realized pretty quickly because for me personally, I have some, I always assign a metric to something to determine if it's successful or not. Mm -hmm. And that's how I can quickly pivot if I need to. Okay. So, well, then I'll I'll give you, you, I'll give you some, you know, really terrible advice. Let's turn it back on you. All right. So, we were (laughs) trying to plan a third conference. I mean, you know, because I helped, you made, I made you do half the construction for the first one. I don't even know why you weren't there at that point. We should have just invited you. Um, But, for real. And, the thing is that we've tried that two or three times. And then I think sometime around 2019, and this turned out to be a huge blessing in disguise. Uh, you know, we're trying to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I think, Nashville to look at venues and, and the, the event manager of ours is, is a friend and, and she meant, uh, you know, she had good intentions and she said, you need to be energetically invested. I was like, 
yeah, you're not financially invested. You can be energetically invested. I'm the one who stands to lose a fuck ton of money here. And so I literally looked yeah. you know, at the numbers and this is where emotions tend to get in the way of uh, following you know, advice and people give this advice with good intentions, good intentions, but that doesn't necessarily mean it leads to good outcomes. And I kept saying, so go, mm-hmm. you know, and some people say, oh, people buy your tickets to the conference, like a couple, you know, shortly before the conference I was like, no, no, that's terrible advice because it, it, what ends up happening is you're on the hook for all that money and nobody shows up. You're screwed. And Greg told me this. He said, you know, don't ever spend any mm-hmm. money on an event that doesn't come from the sales of the tickets. Like, otherwise you're, you're already out of the gate. In, in the Ooh. in the red and so yeah, we pull, in the red. we pulled yeah. the plug like we pulled the plug before christmas i refunded everybody's money and i took a loss it was like a two thousand dollar loss which was shitty but then COVID happened so imagine had we tried to plan oh. a conference in 2020 like what a blessing in disguise that turned out to be but that's the that's the problem with advice in general is that context matters a lot and the thing is that often the person giving advice is not going to deal with the consequences of your choices. So it's like, like you know, I always say this with, you know, <laughs> with Indian parents or, you know, people feel pressured by like Indian communities. It's like, you know, like, yeah. okay, you're going to marry somebody who's based on the pressure of a community. None of these people are going to live with the spouse that you marry. So if it's a disaster, right. you're the one who gets to live with the consequences of those choices. So that's a huge thing to think about is, you know, okay, yes, maybe this advice is good. Maybe this person is credible. But just because that person is credible, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should follow their advice because the context yeah, yeah. matters a lot. Well, hey, let me ask you this. As a you know former reality TV star, have you watched The New Love is Blind? No, I haven't, actually. I've heard... Uh, okay, well then we won't get into it. Okay, We're, you got to see season two, bro. Is Before it next week, you got to watch it. Um, I mean, if by better you mean more drama filled, yeah. then yes. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and look, I know, I know you love those uh, Netflix reality shows since you were in one. So, I don't love um, Netflix reality shows. They're fucking ridiculous. I think they're all stupid. <laughs> but, um, I remember when Sarah and I, Sarah's my wife, everybody, in case you didn't know, uh, when Sarah and I watched uh, Love is Blind season one, it was right before the pandemic. Yep. And we told you and Matt about it when we went. To well, we watched one episode. Pandemic. Yep. And then I emailed yes. you three days later. I'm like, how did two smart people yeah. like you procreate? You fucking idiots. We just lost eight hours <laughs> of our lives to this absolute <laughs> utter bullshit. We couldn't stop watching it because it was but, such a train wreck. But you couldn't stop. So we were right. So we were, yes. I mean, we were right. It's addicting. We were wrong in suggesting that you waste eight hours of your yeah, life watching yeah. it. So I, well, that's probably why so, I haven't started. Although, you, you know, know what? I need something new to watch. So maybe I will turn it on right after There this. you go, dude. Watch Love is Blind season two. Right. It's an absolute train wreck. Yeah, I've been watching. And it's uh, going to bring full circle all the Indian matchmaking stuff. Okay. It's like. Dude, it's a, it's 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 a thing within a thing. You're gonna love it. Yeah. Well, I've been watching this new show, uh, like Eternally Confused and Eager for Love, which takes place in India. It's pretty hilarious. Mm. So, uh, what's this on? What's it's this on platform? Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. It's it's pretty funny. I'll check it out. Just watch the first episode. Like the trailer itself is like the, the this guy's parents are trying to set him up with a girl, and he, he he's like, yeah, but she tried to stab me with a fork. He was like, yeah, she was like, that was when they were four. She's like, yeah, she's grown up. She doesn't try to stab people with forks anymore. Like, that's the, that's the parent's standard. <laughs> it's a good standard. But no. All right. But, but back to what you were saying. Yeah. People will always try to give you advice and they don't have to live through the consequences. 
or they're giving you advice that made sense from from their perspective, right? Yep. Like, so my dad's advice for like how to save for a house has no application whatsoever to a zennial like me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, my dad's a baby boomer, grew up in a totally different world. You could you could buy a house on a, you know minimum wage job. Not so true anymore. So that advice is out of context. So yeah, whether in you know sometimes it's well intentioned, sometimes it's not. You have to take context into effect. You also have to take the yeah, fact yeah. that people don't have to live with the outcome or the decision. Well, okay, so of their advice. Yeah. So this is you know I, I used to be really critical of my parents' you know advice about pursuing. Um, you know, more stable career paths and, you know, doing what Indian parents expect mm-hmm. you to do, become doctors, lawyers, engineers. And after really spending a lot of time talking with the people on the show and then really just broadening my perspective, even spending time in other countries and spending time in India, what became apparent to me, and this is less and less the case in India, fortunately, because they're just booming in terms of technology, but it's still, you know, yeah. got excessive poverty. And I realized that right okay, you're giving me the advice that you're giving me based on the context of having grown up in a economic system where your outcomes were binary. Like there is no in between. It's either stability or poverty or security or poverty, right? Whereas you and I are in this situation where we basically get to say every decision we make is a trade-off between freedom and security. That's Personally, I think that every decision in life is a trade-off between freedom and security. Getting married means you trade off the freedom of dating for the security of being with somebody you love. It's true, right? There, there's, you know, having a job means you trade off the freedom of you doing your own thing for the security of a paycheck. Like all these things are trade offs. Like I realize, like true. literally everything in life is a trade off between those two things. Um, and the funny thing about security is it's an illusion. So interesting. But back to the the whole ah, idea of context. Yes, right? that's very true. Back to the idea of context. So. Context matters a lot. And one of the things that happens when people ignore context, the advice that you get, even from the most well-intentioned people, is bullshit. So on that note, let's bring up a clip. Take a listen. There was really nothing that psychological science had contributed to understanding this behavior. And here I am. I'm a social psychologist. I'm supposed to understand thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how those are influenced by the context, the situation, whether it's real or imagined. And I couldn't tell you in 2010 what, why people BS and what the consequences were. There's basic questions we didn't have answered. So I, I tackled it and I, I thought there's no better word for this behavior, which is distinct from lying. It's not lying. It's often confused for lying, but bullshitting is not lying. So the, the liar knows and cares about the truth and the liar does not believe what it is they say. The bullshitter, on the other hand, doesn't care what the truth is. They're not paying <laughs> any attention to it. In fact, what they say sometimes just by chance, by accident, is actually correct. But even they wouldn't know it because they're not paying any attention to truth, established knowledge, or genuine evidence. Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay, so he made three points, right? Truth, established knowledge, and genuine evidence. And it's right. very hard to find those I'm, th- I'm, I'm, things with prescriptive advice. But yeah, what are you, what are you thinking? I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the fact that there's a distinct difference between the idea of bullshitting and lying. Like, I always thought they were the same. No. I mean, cl- clearly not, right? <laughs> people, look, people on the internet are master bullshit artists. Like, and they're very good bullshit artists who've built big audiences mm. that are dispensing bullshit advice that a lot of people <laughs> wait, 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 are following. Wait, 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 wait. You, wait, hold on, hold on. You and I are both on the internet. I know and that. we're not 
bullshitters. Like, yes, I mean, I'm not saying. I'm sure like, some people think we are. Yeah, yeah, that's but, fine. Like, no, you can't I'm, just say because you're on the internet. No, I'm not saying. Look, perfect example of context, right? This is what I'm talking about. You need to understand <laughs> that there's nuance here, right? So, you know, that, that, yeah, right. I'm not saying everybody on the internet is full of shit, even though like everybody, I, I do think everybody is full of shit, myself included, you included to varying degrees, because in the context of another person's life, mm. our advice is ab- absolute bullshit for somebody. What we say is actually nonsense because if they applied the advice that we were to give them, their life would be a disaster. So the perfect example, let's just take my life path. If somebody reverse engineered my path, <laughs> it'd be a fucking idiot to think that they would get the same results, right? It's like, you know, go get fired from every job you've ever been at, um, start a blog, live at your parents' house for eight years, you know, while you're trying to figure this out, or get lucky <laughs> by being one of the earliest writers on Medium and have a editor at Penguin find you. Like, you can't reverse engineer that, you know? Right. Like, and that's the problem is right. that even in the way that we talk about these things, we write about these things, we explain them, we talked about failure, right? Like, we basically, we gloss over the like what scott belsky calls the messy middle the parts of luck yeah no absolutely we absolutely do not acknowledge the role that luck plays in our accomplishment i mean come on like it's lucky that your timing was what it was to start gap when you did you know maybe if you've been a year later 100 you know you wouldn't have gotten the same results like you know i I had a a friend who was uh, one of the early employees at yelp he said if yelp had started in 2009 nobody would have given a damn you know, it worked because it started when it did. <laughs> yeah, Bill Bill Gross, the, the founder of Idealab, did a, a, a TED talk about this where he said one of the, the most common mm-hmm. factors that all the really successful startups had in common was good timing. You know, I remember in entrepreneurship school learning about the factor of timing and how you it's it's one of those unknown. Yeah, dude, we started this podcast 10 years ago. Nobody was even for. listening to podcasts 10 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I told you, and, you know, this is probably maybe maybe your audience has heard the story from me. I don't know. But I told you step by step what I did to build Gap and was like, here are the things you can do. And I know you took a swing at it with Notion, which was uh, a software that you were using. Yeah. And, and even with Mem, right? I'm not didn't pro- have. those. Yeah. And outcomes. I'm not progressing as fast as you are. I mean, I am progressing like I've actually been able to sell my course like, if, you know, it's working not as quickly, though. Because the context is different, right? right? You're right. dealing with like enterprise level clients. Context. I'm dealing with individuals who want to manage personal knowledge. Like if I can get it to the point where, you know, I'm dealing with enterprise right. clients, that'd be awesome. Speaking of which, where's my car payment? Oh yeah. Oh, we just signed that agreement, but we haven't had sales on that yet. So, uh, you know, hold on. Hold All right. On. These things take time, bro. <laughs> enterprise, enterprise sales take time. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> But, but here's the thing, like the, yeah, the fact that you couldn't tell the difference between bullshit and lying. And here's the other thing, right? There are a lot of quote unquote credible people who are actually bullshitters. And John mm-hmm. Petrocelli, you said, he's like, I'm probably the only person who's given a TED talk in which I say TED talks are bullshit. <laughs> you know? But like, apparently, if you actually go dissect a TED talk, if you go back to those three points, right? Genuine evidence you know, and established knowledge, a lot of that is missing from a lot of these very inspiring and and things that have gone crazy viral where there isn't, I mean, takes us back to, you know, want to pick on Joe Rogan a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he's saying things (laughs) where, you know, quote unquote, knowledgeable people are coming in and spreading misinformation and there's no genuine evidence for it. Like that's the, the thing, you know, like 
when you don't consider genuine evidence, uh, to Gara's point about having some sort of quantifiable metric um, of whether something works, what you basically end up with is this issue where, you know, you have, you know, somebody who has uh, the curse of knowledge that basically ignores all the variables that alter, you know, their advice, right? So, you, so like a lot of prescriptive advice is bullshit because of the fact that people don't consider the primary variable that throws off any quote unquote formula for success. Just go look in the fucking mirror. Well, well, okay. Let, let, let's think about this. Like, let's take a really easy thing to evaluate success on. Okay. Wayne Gretzky, yeah. one of the greatest hockey goal scorers of all time, made it, had a quote along the lines of, uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? And I'm, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, no, but his, yeah. his, it's pretty accurate. His whole point was you have to put the puck on the net. Even if you don't have a clean shot, there's a chance it's going to go in. Something's going to happen. The goalie's going to miss it. Some, you might score. Yep. Whereas if you hold on to the puck, you're not going to score. Period. Right. At the end. If you don't, if you don't throw it towards the net, it's not going to go in. Yeah. So what's his what's his point? Well, you know, you could you could hear that advice and go, "Wow, I need to start shooting the puck more." And if you start shooting the puck from behind your net, you know, two hundred feet away from your offensive position, chances are you're never going to get it going. Even from back even there. if you, you so, increase the shots, you know, you take. Yeah, dramatically. You know, like I took, I took a hundred shots from two hundred feet I, I out. I only know like, this yeah, not a every time Tim and I play hockey, the video game he kicks my ass. So <laughs> this is true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So see, EA Sports is helpful. Yeah. So, but you know, and this is a silly example, but I'm just saying, like, if you took that advice to the letter mm-hmm. and and you tried to implement it, it would obviously produce you know some bad results. Your instant metric for if this is successful is. How many goals are you making? Yep. If you shoot 200 goals from 200 feet out and you make zero goals, which you'll make zero if you're shooting from behind your own defensive position. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to, there's never, that's never going to go in. Right. So like you're going to have a 0% success rate. Mm-hmm. No. You don't need to get to 200. Stop before you get to 200 and make a change. Yeah. Something has to change. You've misinterpreted the advice or it's advice that doesn't apply to you. Well, okay. So, right. So you have to have some sort of metric. Yeah. You have to evaluate the success. Totally. Of, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the advice that doesn't apply to you. And that's the problem with, you know, what I say, popular, you know, platitudes that people will interpret mm-hmm. as business advice, which are often meaningless mm-hmm. and, you know, don't actually yeah. lead to anything, but because they're, you know, popular platitudes, you know, you hear people, you know, quote them and, and you hear them in books, like, you know, follow your passion, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's like, okay, all sounds nice in theory. Those are really nice platitudes. None of those are true. Even if you have a job you love, there are parts of it that are going to suck. You know, like nobody has a job yeah. where parts of it don't suck. You know, I mean, yeah, this part is fun, but behind the scenes, there's all this other bullshit that I have to deal with. You know, that's not very enjoyable. I'm less for true, man. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, there are definitely things that. You know, I don't like to have to deal with, but if I don't deal with them, who else is going to? Okay, so let, um, let's talk about these so, variables yeah. that that alter the context of, of prescriptive advice. I think that's important. So we talked about time, yeah. right? So you know, perfect example is podcasts. Like I got a ten year head start on something that became a m- massive cultural trend. I couldn't reverse mm-hmm. engineer that for somebody. I couldn't be like, oh, you know, this is the key to like 
growing a successful podcast. I can give you principles For that sure. led to where I'm at, but timing is one. Um, life circumstance and situation or another. Like, you know, your idea of happy hour is seven thirty. Mine is five o'clock. That's a perfect example. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, it is. Like, circumstance matters here because that is context sure. too, right? Sure. And ah, there are so many areas of context. Yeah, I mean, so variable like timing, one life circumstance, another age, another right. There's going to be a certain age a- age which you can't mm-hmm. do certain things, right? Like you and I making it to the Olympics or you know playing in you know, opening for Guns and Roses with our tuba and trombone, not going to happen. Not that that would ever happen in the history of the world, <laughs> and that would be god awful. I don't think anybody would want to hear that. Um, I kind of want to hear it now just to see. Yeah, but yeah, but I tell you, like, you and I are probably the only ones who care. Yeah, that's the thing. Like age does play a role now the funny thing is in certain areas age is an imagined limitation not a real one right uh so right. we had uh, this guy rich Callgard here who wrote this book called late bloomers um you know the power of patience in a world that values early success and, and i mean you're a good example of experiencing a, a significant degree of success much later in life right you didn't i mean i got fired from all my jobs you i didn't i don't think i accomplished anything that i would want anybody to know about until i was 35. Robert Greene had something oh, like 60 yeah. different jobs uh, before he wrote The uh, Art of War or The 33 Strategies of War. And then he just became this like behemoth, like the James Cameron of book publishing. <laughs> well, th- that's not uncommon, though. In fact, there are a lot of folks. I think the guy who started uh, KFC, that, that yeah. uh, applies to him. Well, okay. So this is um, a great example of where context bias starts to color the way that we see the world. Because what right now, hmm. what do you see in terms of the media, right? It's like, oh, here's this 20-something startup founder. Here's this, you know, quote, unquote, like, you know, child prodigy. That's true. So your, your worldview is being dis- – like your thought process and your worldview about age as a limitation is being distorted by what you see – in front of you every single day <laughs> and it's not entirely accurate in fact like the research shows that people who actually start companies later in life end up becoming far more successful because way more mm-hmm. they're one more mature i mean like i remember thinking if i had well, experienced present like, company excluded yeah i mean yeah, most we're just a are. bunch of idiots but like um yeah so i sure. i remember you know when i when i read that book I, I thought about how if i had become a wall street journal at the best-selling author at age 22 or 25 like how oh my god that would have gone to my Wouldn't head you've just blown it i would have blown it if i if i if i managed to accidentally find success by the age of 25 i'd have screwed it up yeah because you're I've, been not chasing, emotionally I've been chasing mature. it the rest of my life yeah you're not emotionally yeah. you don't have the same mm-hmm. emotional maturity like look i mean there. here's the thing there are also 25 year olds who are you know, far more evolved than we ever were at 25 and, you know, three 17 year olds. Oh, up. There, there are 25 year olds who are more evolved than we are at 40, that's but true. you know, that's fine. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and you know, for 17 year olds out there listening, we had to pick on you again. I don't know what we're picking on them, but, but <laughs> like, here's the thing. You, you also have a very unique situation. No. So here, here's the thing. You want to talk about a context. The thing is the 17 year olds that are listening or, you know, parents listening, your kids are going into a future where the jobs that they're going to have don't even exist yet. That's a context that really is different than anything else. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's timing, age, uh, you know, life circumstance. Geography is a, is a limitation for some people. If you want to, like, you know, Kumar Mehta talked about this, like, if you want to be a professional snowboarder and you don't live near the mountains, good luck. You know, like you don't have access to a critical resource. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
So all these things matter. And this is why we have to be very careful about how we take prescriptive advice because, you know, to go back to the idea of bullshit. Yeah, go for it, Jeff. Well, just just to interject, I have this this thing where sometimes I think a lot of folks will look at these limiting these they'll look at these factors, this context, and they'll see it as limiting. They'll say, well, I don't live by the mountain, so I can't be a snowboarder. Okay, well, that's true. But you live by the water, so you can be a surfer, whereas somebody else who doesn't live by the water cannot be. Yeah, like uh, this is a silly example, but my. You know, one of the context things that comes to mind when we're talking about this, I had a daughter very early on. I was I was 23 years old, I think, when when my first born was born. A lot of people would look at that as a limiting factor in terms of what I could or could not do with my life. And not only I, I, I want to challenge people not to look at it as a limiting factor, but just to look at it as a factor. It is context. Yes. But it means while some things might be unattainable, other things are. Other things may now be attainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So context is not necessarily always good or, or always negative, always positive. Yeah. It's situational. Anyway, I just wanted to interject with that thought. No, that makes a perfect segue to uh, bring up a clip. Take a listen. When we go through life in this in this way of protecting ourselves from disappointment and frustration and and introspection and improvement. Um, and just recognition of really what's going on around us that comes with a cost as well. And, uh, and so a lot of the biases that help us get through our day on a regular basis, when you add them up cumulatively, um, can be, uh, problematic if our true goal is to get a real accurate assessment of human nature, of our, of our own behaviors, of our own, you know, foibles, strengths and limitations. And so, uh, I think bias does play a major role like that. What do you think, Gareth? I mean, there are definitely biases in well, all of the different. All of us see the world through the, you know, inherent biases. So, you know, perfect example. Yes. You and I were talking about this. You're, here's kind of, this is like an ironic bias. This is, you know, the, the irony of this, but this is called the hypocrisy bias. So, you know, as a joke. So you and I are like, you know, we have, we basically <laughs> question the value of higher education. We think, you know, we're highly critical of it. And yet, we were talking about swiping on right. dating apps and you're like, right. yeah, I wouldn't date a girl who and didn't we go to that master's degrees. And, and only that we were like, we would rule out a girl <laughs> oh, on a dating totally app who true. didn't yeah, have yeah. a degree. That's our own. And, and so that's what I call two. Those are two biases. At work. Oh, this is prestige yeah. bias and hypocrisy, you know? So you and I are raised with a prestige bias because you were oh, an honor student. Totally. I'm the son of a college professor. So like we are, we've been conditioned to associate pedigree and prestige, even though there's not necessarily any connection between the two, but that's the lens. Like, it's like, oh, you went to Harvard, you must be smart or you must be, you know, on your way to success. Like, and like you said last Uh. week, you know, but the thing is that think about that. We were conditioned to see things through that lens. So funny enough, like, despite the fact that you think that's bullshit, like now, you know, you're married, so it's a moot point, but you said it yourself, like you would not swipe right on a girl who didn't go to college. That bias is... You know, that's that bias basically influencing your behavior. Swipe right. That means accept. Yeah. Uh, I, that's how out of the game I am. Yeah. Swipe yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, you're right, dude. Um, God, that, that, that makes me feel like a jerk. Well, but it doesn't make you a right. jerk. It just, it, it's the nature of how we're all conditioned to think. That's why it's so important to question 
things in the context of your life, you know, and to say, yeah. does this advice imagine that. apply to me? Imagine, I mean, imagine there could be single people living, listening to this podcast right now that are saying like, oh man, I'm on a dating app and I definitely have my filters set to only show me people who are, you know, graduate level accomplished or, or beyond, yeah. you know, I, I know that was me. Before mm -hmm. I met my wife, that was me. And it just so happened that my wife, you know, ticked those boxes. But it's actually sad to think, like, in hindsight, like, that we wouldn't have considered. Yeah. Uh, at least I wouldn't have considered. Yeah. And how do you know that that people? person wouldn't because have been now, awesome? knowing what I know now, like. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's no, no yeah. way to say that that yeah. person wouldn't be amazing. Like, that's, that's, and that's the, the danger of bias, right? Yes. And so, like, if you look at bias, it also mm -hmm. influences you know, the, the media we consume. So you listen to this podcast, those you, you were listening, but you know, this is one and, and it creates a filter through which you see the world because you're hearing very similar types of messages, you know? And I think that new mainstream right. media is much more notorious about this because they're telling you things that are quote unquote, really important to know about the world. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. Context really matters when it comes to any kind of prescriptive advice. And we'll start talking here about how to actually implement advice um, in a second. But, uh, you know, like, that's the thing. So I want to bring up one more clip about being aware and, and becoming more, you know, capable of being being less susceptible to bullshit, which that all sounded like a bunch of bullshit. Um, so what I'm trying to say is I want to <laughs> basically show you, you know, what it takes to develop a better bullshit detection filter, because I will tell you this, the, bipro the, the, the upside of having been exposed to as many people as I have and many perspectives as I have and having such a ruthless filter for how we choose guests is that my bullshit detection filter has gotten a lot better. Like I can look at something like, yeah, this doesn't, there's no way I, I don't buy this. Like there's nothing to back it up unless it's, if it's a good story, I'll tell it. Um, but if somebody comes in and tries to sell me on something that doesn't have genuine evidence behind it, that isn't going to actually, you know, show me a very like an outcome that I can reverse engineer and apply proven principles to, then I will basically say, yeah, I don't see how this is actually valuable advice. This is nonsense. So, okay, so before you get to this clip, yeah, can I just interject here? The bullshit detector, like building this, uh, you, you, if you've listened to more than one episode, you know that my like passion is helping people get more efficient and improve their work-life balance and all of that, right? So what I'm really stoked about in terms of Improving that bullshit meter, it means you're going to waste less time with people who aren't a good fit for whatever it is you're doing. Whatever your zone of genius is, whether that's I work for a company and I do X, Y, Z, or I I'm, I'm I kind of run my own show and I work with clients, what or anything in between. Yeah. The better your bullshit detector is, the fewer bad apples you're going to wind up working with, yeah. whether those are bosses or clients or whatever. So this is so, so important because if you think back to Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of what you do isn't going to actually produce anything. It's 20% of your effort that's going to produce 80% of your revenue, et cetera, or, or some, you know, paraphrase of that. Uh, you know, my, my whole point being, if you can improve your bullshit detector, all of a sudden, you won't be wasting time with those bad clients. You won't be taking that job that sets you back. Etc. Etc. Okay. Sorry, I've rambled. Srini, play this clip. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time. And now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. It's a great study actually done. I'll never forget. It's rarely cited, but it's one that I've been broadcasting throughout my career. And it was a study done by Marsha Baxter Magolda. And she studied at Miami University of Ohio. She did a longitudinal study with the same group of students for all four years of their undergraduate days. And she interviewed them their freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And she asked them in the interviews some of the same questions each time. One of the questions she asked them was, 
where does knowledge come from? What is, how do you define knowledge? And what she found was in the freshman year, most students think knowledge comes from the textbooks. It comes from the authorities. It comes from my notes and the lectures. It's, and what she did, she found that by the time they were seniors, they were finally scratching the surface of realizing that knowledge is actively constructed, that they actually have a role in understanding and contributing to what we think of as established knowledge. Like in in science, we know that probably half of what we think is true, certainly in psychology, maybe less so in other some of the hard sciences, but certainly in psychology, I tell half of my students, I tell them half of what you are going to learn this semester is probably wrong. (laughs) <laughs> or that it's that it's that it's maybe partially correct under these circumstances in these situations and contexts it's correct but then but when you change the context the situation it's actually wrong actually the opposite is correct and when we as we continue to find these factors that we we call them moderators or the factors that interact with what the variables that we already know it becomes fascinatingly complex Wow. All right. So let's build on that active in the construction of knowledge. So this is something that really became apparent to me. You know, I'll tell you, like, this is why I still think the unmistakable could have been just as easily called everybody is full of shit to varying degrees. Like that, honestly, I should write that book because it's true. You know, so even me, everyone is full of shit to varying degrees that honestly, that looked great on a book cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, that, Let's that, go. You know, like maybe I should write that as a blog post and, and see. If you don't write it, I'm going to write it. Yeah, no, I mean, but you also have to be willing to say, including me. That's the thing, because if you don't, then you just sound like a douchebag. Well, then, then you're just yeah, for sure, of course you have. No, to. I mean, like I, when one of the things I, I do when we we do office hours for our creative accelerator is I'm always very clear and candid about the fact I'm like you know. I want to, you know, preface this by saying that you should be open to the possibility that everything I'm telling you is bullshit. Um, because that, yeah, maybe that should be my opening to my speech in Charlotte. <laughs> like, I don't know how well that'll go over for a keynote, but it might. Are you going, do you have a keynote coming up in North Carolina? That yeah, I, I do. About? Yeah, I do actually. What? All right. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited it, for you. Um, I mean, me too. It'd be nice to get back on the road. I haven't been in front of an audience in a long time. And that's, that's actually my favorite. Dude, it's been like three, it was like two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, oh, I did a few man. virtual speaking gigs, but nothing, nothing like being on stage. Is, is, I have to you know warm up my chops for that. But um, yeah, look, so that's the thing about, you know, the advice you get from, you know, courses, from podcasts like this one, from coaches, from books is that, you know, at certain times that advice is spot on and at other times it's not. So perfect example. So when I, when I started this podcast, I was reading lots of books about social media marketing and blogging and all this stuff. And the ultimate irony was that my blog started to grow when I stopped reading books about how to grow a blog, you know, and (laughs) I'll tell you why that is because you're caught in this echo chamber of the same crap that everybody's listening to reading to. So you don't have any original insight or original thought. And mm. 
so the bit I, I learned this lesson more than once, and I had to learn it the hard way. You know, the first time, which was you know, I, I when Jamie did Twitter should hire me, I literally thought oh, I can just replicate that with like a, a you know minor spin on it. It's like a hundred reasons, and of course, like I Jamie had all these really you know specific skills. She was a skilled web designer. She understood marketing. You know, she she knew what she was doing. I saw something cool on the internet. Was like, oh, I can do that, and of course. You know, and, I, and it's funny because I emailed um, some career website at the time. I, I don't even remember what that uh, brazen careerist, and they featured it, and all I got was hate mail and people shitting on how stupid my idea was. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> and yeah, I mean, look, deservedly so uh, because it was kind of nonsense. But then that taught me the lesson of okay, you know what? No matter who is giving you advice, you should never treat that advice as gospel, only guidance and. Even when you take an online course, there are assignments. This was the the thing that I go back to all the time is you should never follow anybody's instructions to the letter because what do we do? In school, teachers teach the test, students prepare for the test. But in life, that's not how it works. And when you take an online course, there are no tests. You're doing this of your own you know, motivation and interest. And so I took a course on how to start a blog. One of the lessons was to conduct an interview. Not just start an interview series and then turn it into a podcast that you do for 10 years. Like one turn in a different direction, one minor adjustment to the instructions. And, and the thing is, right. you have to pay attention to you know, where you're finding certain things working better than others or where you're finding you know, engagement. It's like Sid was like, you're, Sid told me, you're a better interviewer than you're a writer. And so I thought, all right, cool, I can do this. And so that's the thing. You have to pay attention to that because – that's why you don't ever want to just treat you know any prescriptive advice as uh gospel like i I think to me what i I would say is prescriptive advice is a framework it's not a formula you want to expand on the difference between those two things you're the math guy oh man as as somebody who writes formulas for a living (laughs) i'd love to talk about this difference thanks for the thanks for the um the opportunity So, I mean, my personal thinking here is a framework is saying, hey, high level outline. These are the things that you need to consider, the things that you should put in place that, in my opinion, that you should put in place in order to deliver the outcome that presumably you're targeting versus a formula, which is like telling you every single variable and what its value should be. Yes. So let's take an example. Like, like, let me just talk, like, rewind it a little bit. Let's say you're trying to grow uh, any service-based business. You're like, I want to be a plumber. Respectable. Cool. What's one element of being a plumber and running your own plumbing business? Well, at some point, you're going to need to market yourself. I don't know how you're going to attract new clients. That's up to you, right? I can talk to you from a framework perspective and say, marketing is something you have to do. That's where you're going to bring in new clients. You're going to attract new people to your plumbing business. How are you going to do that? You might consider Google ads. You might consider, you know, building up a following on Yelp. You could consider um, some mail-in Cooper, ma- mailer coupons, right? There are like numbers of different ways you can market. That's a framework. Notice that he a didn't formula. say YouTube because YouTube, I mean, I was just thinking about the YouTube channel. I'm, it's like, can you imagine? It's like, hey, you hey. me unclogging toilets, like... Of the most Here's disgusting. Here's how you unclog a toilet on YouTube. No, hey, listen, the most YouTube disgusting toilets. It's like these are the most disgusting <laughs> toilets I've unclogged. That might actually work. Well, okay, 
it would work really well. Could you imagine? Yeah. But you're not going to get local customers. If what you're trying to build is a, is a business that's based on local adoption, YouTube isn't the way to go because YouTube reaches a global audience. Uh, you know, I use YouTube, as, as you know, uh, to reach my clients for Gap. And we've got folks in Europe that, yeah, well, that I mean, our, found our us that have never yeah. marketed to directly. Exactly. But, you know, that's that's the difference, right? Yours it's too, a, right? It's a plumbing business versus an online business. Like, we work in a strictly online business. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, so well, you I, and I do. Yeah, but not but not everybody does. Well, so, But a so, formula, by contrast, is where somebody says... Here's how you set up your Google ad. Mm-hmm. You have to put in these different variables into your Google ad in order to maximize conversion rate, which is all a bunch of hoopla, right? Right. Because the uh, you know formula is useless because that's somebody else's success. And if you try those exact variables, you're never going to be able to output the same thing. So long story short, I'm a big fan of frameworks, yeah. not so much a fan of formulas, although formulas can help you understand where you're going, mm-hmm. but you need to understand that you need to adapt the formula for yourself. Yeah. So frameworks here, here's, are better. here's what I would say. A formula is a map and frameworks are your compass. And the thing with... a uh, oh, oh, I'm Srinivas Rao and I just said it in five words. Yeah. Right, whatever, dude. You're a jerk. Well, I'm a writer. <laughs> I just wanted to no, it's true, though. So fuck you. And, you know, fair, for for fair, once, fair. I sound smarter than Gareth, you know, which I'm going to you know revel in. Um, but no, it's true. Like Frameworks really are a map and formulas are a compass. And the problem with a map is the only place you're going to get to with a map is where somebody else has gone before. You're not going to discover anything new. Mm. Right? Then that takes us back to last That's week's deep, episode bro. of Standing Out. Um, you know, you can't just Ozan Barul in his book, uh, how to think like a rocket scientist had probably the best quote I'd ever seen on this. He's like, you can't copy and paste someone else's path to success. Hmm. And it's true, right? Because there's one variable, like I said, that will actually make that not possible. And that's you just look in the mirror. Yeah. Well, you and timing, which we talked about as well. Yeah, but you being right? the biggest so one. Even, but that's the one that people lo- yeah. overlook most of all, in my opinion. I think they're equally important. Yeah, but that's I, the I, one that know, I to think... To your point, I think... Yeah, they're equally important. If I important. started building a, an Airtable business today, like, here's how I would be an Airtable consultant. Like, I, I, I'm three years behind the curve now, right? So timing... Yeah. Timing I'm, is important just as the individual is important i can't say one's more important than the other but i think they both play profound roles that that we can't quantify yeah without being able to read the matrix and you know i'm not quite there yet so well, yeah i mean so that's the thing right it, it's kind of you know this is one of the things i've said in the uh the um notes here is that you don't you know a genius in one context is an idiot in another yeah like you and i teaching trombone <laughs> lessons probably right. not a good idea I mean, yeah, probably better than like the average person in trombone. Uh, I, a few I, years. I, I, I would. I, I bet that you're probably not even average. <laughs> no offense. Average compared to what? I mean, if you put a trombone in a hundred people's hands, I think maybe one or two people would be able to play it competently, yeah. and I would be the third person out of a hundred. Can you play it competently? So if, if we handed you a trombone right now, could you play it? This is a perfect well, example, well, everybody, of what bullshit sounds like. Gareth this is, is very... Bullshit, I, I am a bullshit master. Here we no, go. This is I what, haven't played trombone since junior year of high school. Exactly. Why would you ever trust Which your... Which is 20 plus years. Yeah. Why would you ever entrust your child's ability to learn how to play the trombone to a guy 
who says, yeah, I'm not the best, but I'm the third best. <laughs> and he hasn't picked up a trombone in 20 years. See, this is a great example of how bullshit spreads because see, Gareth, <laughs> if Gareth had a website, let's just hypothetically, Gareth, puts I'm starting it, on, it now. Yeah. GarethPronobusTrombone.com. No, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> but here's the thing. Gareth literally could leave out that entire thing that he just said about the fact that he hadn't picked up a trombone in 20 fucking years and you wouldn't know the difference when you land on his website he could put up a fancy looking oh, picture no. of himself in a tuxedo photoshop it you know you know like make everything <laughs> up and claim all this stuff that isn't true and i mean obviously well, you're gonna not even that's obviously when you find out when your kid can't play true. the trombone after you waste a year of your money on <laughs> trombone lessons <laughs> <laughs> and i'm ten thousand dollars richer because your kid yeah thank you yeah um, but no, that's, i'm gonna do this now yeah, but no, I mean, that is a perfect example of how, why we have to actually look very closely at what we're being told and actually question it. Like I, you know, I, one thing I am try, I always try to be mindful of is the fact that I never claim to be an authority on anything because I'm wary of that whole idea of gurus and you know, like, cause you see this in, oh, not, not just it. in prescriptive advice, you see it in religion, you see it in, you know, media, you see it on, you know, on the political stage. It's like, this person is an authority. So what they say must be true. And that's not always the case. I mean, shit, we elected a guy who, you know, lied his way through office, whatever, you know, you think of him. But like, I mean, the thing is, we learned that you cannot, you know, there's actually he's a, a great example of how bullshit can get you really far. You know, like there's <laughs> no, it's true, right? Because we, we this guy, Michael Shine, wrote a book called The Hype Handbook, right? And then. One of the things I'd like to do probably is bring him back and, and do a, a, an episode like between making this distinction between hype and bullshit. Because here's the thing. There's there's a grain of truth to the fact that you have to have a level of ability to create hype. You know, like Elizabeth, Elizabeth uh, Holmes is a great example of this, right? Somebody who was masterful at creating hype oh, that was, was hype, but really it was actually bullshit. You know, and so there's this fine line between the both. But, you know, you think about what Ryan Holiday does. He's the master book marketer behind Tim Ferriss, Robert Greene, all these other people. But Ryan created a lot of hype. You know? And you know, some of it was fake, too. Like he literally had Tucker Max fund an abortion clinic as, a, you know, uh, to, to create press. And, you know, basically. Oh, my God. Well, no, and he had he intentionally <laughs> did that so that people would deface the signs so that it would generate publicity for the movie. And the funny thing about that is it, it takes us right back to concept. It, it, it was all created, right? It wasn't even real. So, okay. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike Michalowicz, yeah. who's an entrepreneurial writer as well. And, uh, you know, he talks about the fact that you have to grab someone's attention. Mm -hmm. And so there's this fine line that we have to walk as entrepreneurs where when we're in our marketing mode, when we're yeah. marketing and, and, trying to campaign and you know we we owe it to our clients to our prospective customers if we have the best service we're we're disserving them by yeah. not letting them know it does matter that we get out in front of them if yeah. we're the best and of course we truly believe we're the best otherwise we're not doing the work of learning and improving etc right totally so presumably everyone listening to this podcast is the best at what they do. And they want to find more customers and they're doing a disservice to those customers by not being top of mind. Right. The right. issue then becomes like, 
where is the, it's this gray the, area. The where between, where the, the am gray, I manipulating? Yeah. There's a gray line between when am hype, I manipulating? hype and bullshit, you know? And cause yeah, yeah like it, it, look, all, all sales is persuasion. All copywriting is persuasion. Like, you know, we're yes. persuading you to subscribe to our newsletter. We're persuading you to, you know, listen to this podcast, like all of it, you know, all of us are using persuasive tactics. Like, you know, like you know, I'm not going to reveal mine just for fun. You know, you guys can guess. I'll reveal mine. You want, you want me to, what of mine is actually, actually I'll, I'll reveal one of mine. I'll, I'll I don't care. Like, so anyway, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about persuasive tactics in a lot of cases, right? Is that even if we reveal them, it won't change somebody's behavior because it hu- it's, it's human nature. So one, yeah, of the things, exactly. so one thing that I, and I got this from made to stick and I didn't realize I was actually doing this just subconsciously, but one thing, when we put teasers at the beginning of the show, of the episode, we intentionally choose things that create knowledge gaps where you have to you have to listen to close the loop. Um, and the funny thing is, it doesn't matter that I've told you that because either way, you're going to be like, now you're going to have to do it. Yeah, it, it's human nature. And, and this is what television did really well when we would watch television. So it's like, oh, next time on Friends, you're like, shit, now I have to be back here again on Thursday. Although Gareth hates Friends. I hate Friends. You know how many subscribers you just probably lost us? Well, no, they just hate me. They still love you. The yeah. Friends show, Friends is the most garbage television. I don't, under, I don't understand. Well, it's a, it's a perfect example of, of unrealistic context, actually. Um, well, good. I'm glad I could take that. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody who lives in New York in their 20s <laughs> can live like that. You know? No! At least from what I'm told. Um, unless you're an investment banker and if that's the case, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in which case you're not spending time with your friends because you're working 70 hour weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Like, so w- the reason this was such an important subject to me is because I'll tell you, like, I kept seeing this. I mean, this really, honestly, I built a career off of this entire principle really was the idea. And like I said, you know, that there is the possibility that everybody is, is full of shit to varying degrees because mm. you think about like, this is what I started to see over and over. Right. Because initially when we started unmistakable creative, I was interviewing bloggers and I'm like, why can't I get their results? And then I started to notice a pattern where I, this was when I literally saw where somebody uh, took Derek Halpern's website. Derek Halpern is a pretty well-known you know, online blogger, but Derek also had a ton of experience before that. He'd built like a really popular celebrity gossip blog. Like he understood how to build media properties. And another blogger literally copied his exact design to the letter. Just changed the copy, changed the name. Thinking that he would get the same results. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude, how is that possible? And I, I saw this pattern over and over. Like one of my friends sent me a um, list of websites for potential guests. You know, she's referred quite a few of them. And I remember putting all of them next to each other. I literally opened all the tabs and I emailed her back and I was like, look, I can't say yes to any of these people as guests because it all sounds like they do the same thing and I don't have the, any idea what the fuck any of them do. Interesting. Who, would, who was that? that or Does can you not say? Oh, I mean, it was, so you can go back and listen. Um, it was our, our podcast guest, Selena Sue. Like, she had a lot. Of, and the thing is that 
this is what happens. And, and, you know, a lot of those people are graduates of Marie Forleo's B-School program. And we can say this because we've talked to Marie Forleo's head copywriter here who literally said, yes, this is a problem. Like, you know, she said it on our show. So uh, I wish we actually had that clip. But she made a good point, right? It's like, you know, somebody basically hires a coach and they're like, oh, you know what I figured out from hiring a coach that, you know, my calling in life is to be a life coach. It's like, wait a minute, you hired a life coach to figure out your calling in life is to be a life coach. Come on. Really? Oh, something's broken. Yeah. Something's broken. But that's a, that is so common though. When we look at this, particularly in the online world, particularly when it comes to applying advice from, you know, business books, from podcasts. Yeah. Do the exercises. Yeah. Try out the things that we're saying, but don't treat any of this stuff like gospel for God's sakes. Like, realize one this is it takes us right back to the beginning of the conversation we're having gareth and i can give you all the advice in the world we're not the ones that are going to live with the consequences of your choices nope you are no yeah 100 yeah and I'll, I'll tell you something before i built my first course like i love building a course passive income which by the way big air quotes because nothing's passive in this life nothing not even income but i do have a course Serena, you have a course mm-hmm. i took um, Amy Porterfield's course, whatever her her newest newer course is about, you know, creating your own course. I was starting from zero. I had no background in this whatsoever. I found it uh, the word I use to describe this feeling, Serenity, that you've just described is incestual. Yeah, because it feels like well, a bunch of entrepreneurs told, dude, that, that's, talking to a. Dude, that's that's a really PC way of saying it. I call it a circle jerk. Well, okay. Well, I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's the same nasty idea <laughs> uh, for all intents and purposes. It is, man. Like, but, it's like, you know, they, they, that's like the, the podcast community. I'm like, really? Come on. Like, it's like all the same people on all the same shows saying all the same things, you know, like, how yeah. is that, you know, it, it, what that does is it creates echo chambers and filter bubbles, you know, it gives people a very yeah. myopic view on what they're experiencing. If it just sounded to you like Srinivas was in the restroom, it's because he was filling up his wine glass, um, you know, just in, in case anyone was wondering what that sound that was. That timing was not really uh, fortunate, given what we're just talking <laughs> no, about. No, it really wasn't. You're not supposed to talk. You're supposed to mute yourself while you do that, bro. Yeah, yeah. But well. in any case, I was, I was taking Porterfield's course. No shade on Porterfield, by the way. She's got a great course. It teaches you how to build a course. But it felt like everybody else's idea was, I took this course so that I could learn to teach other people how to build a course. What are you doing? You know, I took the course to learn how to build a course on Airtable so that yeah, I could teach other your, people how to your, learn how to live you know, area Airtable. of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is one thing like I, you know, people are like, oh, will you help me start a podcast? I'm like, yeah, as long as it's not one that's interview based or one like I've started, I want you to start something different. You know, like I really want somebody, I still want somebody to do this. I want somebody to do a podcast where they don't interview the person, but they interview people that that person knows and basically tells a story about them. That would be cool. Like imagine telling your, like imagine telling a person's story through the lens of like their parents, their grandparents and their friends. And you have this profile of a person, but you never hear from them. That would be a really interesting format for an interview based podcast. Nobody's done that. I kind of want to hear about the person at the end, though. Like, I want to hear from the person. Yeah, no, okay. So, yeah, you get to you get to hear from who they are at the end, like a little bit, and you know, basically, I mean, it's malleable. It's malleable. Well, it's malleable. It's so you idea. could just be like, all right, here's the episode, and then you record their reaction, and there you go. You have an interview based podcast that sounds nothing like any of the other interview based podcasts out there. 
Yeah. Because yeah. you're not interviewing the person. You're well, not, not only that, you're you're taking the things that you know work, right? Applying proven principles, like asking good questions, listening, which I suck at, um, which we've established. <laughs> uh, but, established, folks. Established. Yeah. Well, I, listening in this context, I suck at, but I'm, I'm pretty damn good at it, I think, at this point. Um, I'm getting, you know, I'm still always working on it. Uh, but that's the thing, right? Is that you take something that, you know, as Ron Friedman talked about in his interview about reverse engineering, there's a difference between mimicry and modeling and mimicry is just copying and pasting somebody else's path to success. Mm-hmm. Modeling is looking at what works, you know, and applying proven principles in an original context. And that actually, um, I think makes a perfect time for our last clip of the night. Let's bring this up. Let's do it. Take a listen. If you don't have a good grounding um, in basic kind of critical thinking skills and asking, like, how do I know this is true? What kind of evidence actually led me to this conclusion? And until you start to scratch the surface, I think most students are just shooting in the dark and, and they will develop attitudes and opinions and beliefs. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be based on evidence, like genuine, ideal evidence, as opposed to explanation which is often confused for evidence (laughs) this is the this is the problem that our world is in right now right like yeah 45 percent of the population has an opinion that's not based in evidence and yet they're just like i really feel strongly about it so like i don't know dude i mean here's here's i feel like i'm gonna offend half your listeners right well okay look here here's the danger of that right is that somebody who has a massive audience, you know, millions of people following them, has the ability to now share an opinion that is based on no evidence. And that really... Oh, so you're picking on Joe Rogan again. No, why, why do we keep picking on Joe Rogan? I mean, look... He's, he's, he's a defenseless man. All of us... Look, Rogan. look, no, no, look. All of us have, you know, opinions <laughs> that don't have evidence to validate those opinions. Like... Personally, at my, you know, you, you want it, you want, I, I don't know if we talked about this already, but here's my, you know, ridiculous non empirical study on women with small dogs, <laughs> right? I will never swipe right on a woman with a small dog because I dated three and they were all a nightmare. Every, not only did I date one, like every woman who's ever had a small dog has caused problems in my life. And there's been <laughs> oh about only four, right? So this is the best. Okay. So this is the best for so, so many reasons. One, no, this is because like, I dated a girl with a small dog and nope, like never again. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm there with you, but here's the, pro- this is so how we offend, bad. And you know what? Some of our listeners who, who are women with small dogs, I'm you might sure, be this sweet. Sure you're probably small dogs who are wonderful people. Like no offense. I'm sure you're amazing. Yeah. But, but we'll our, never date you. <laughs> our experience, unfortunately, this is the, this is where bias comes into work and, and critical thinking yes. comes into work is that oh we God. see the lens, see, see, you know, women with small dogs through the lens of our past experiences with yes. women with oh small dogs. Oh my God, that's such a, dude, this is the best analogy. Uh, okay, the best that's example. really, it's funny, like, like because, ugh. you know, I, so this is where we mix up causation and correlation, right? There's so many hidden variables in causality, like Right. For all I know, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of ridiculous to be like, okay, anyone with a small dog, I'm not going to date. Because for all I know, I could have missed out on the love of my life because she had a small dog. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and, but she could have. You might have. You might have swiped left because she didn't have a master's degree. Like who knows? Yeah, exactly. There's a number of reasons. 
Yeah. So let's just swipe right on everyone, apparently. Is that the takeaway here, Srini? Let's swipe right on everybody and just maximize our chances. That is absolutely not the takeaway. In fact, you should swipe (laughs) left on more people is the takeaway. Um, you should be. Well, how do you make this determination? This is is the thing, right? I'm asking as a person who has no skin in the game. Yeah. yeah, So here's the thing, right? So this is, this is where we have to think about our own biases (laughs) and how you need the self-awareness to look at something and say, okay, you know what? Is what Srini is saying in the context of my life valid at all? You know, because, you know, if you're <laughs> retiring and you're, you know, graduating from high school, that advice is going to lead to very different things for both the same advice yeah. will lead to very different outcomes. Shit. I mean, I, I wrote, you know, I finished writing that article about how the search for right answers has destroyed higher education. But it, the funny thing is it makes a, a perfect sort of place to wrap up because one of the things that I was really confused by is how is it that my sister and I both had the same parents, you know, we're both same upbringing more or less. She graduates from Berkeley with a 3.9, becomes a chief anesthesiology resident at Yale and finishes a fellowship <laughs> at UCLA. And I graduate Berkeley with a 2.97 and <laughs> get fired from every job I've ever had. So how do you explain uh, those outcomes when we both got the same advice? And you are my best friend, but your sister is super cool. I mean, she's a fucking genius. Let's be honest. Like she's, she's super cool. Yeah. She really she's, is. she's like, a, she's like a badass. Like everything that I've had to learn by, you know, interviewing a thousand people, she was just born with all that. You know, she's, she's born of it. Yeah. No, she's she like, really whatever. was. She's just like, a, you had to talk to a thousand people. Well, not only that, no, I mean, shit. that's the thing. She's like this, you know, academic genius. Like she's book smart, but she's also got social intelligence that is like off the charts. Like she's yeah. just naturally likable. You know, I'm more of an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> no, she is. It's true. Sarisha is, is. Yeah, no, Sarisha is very like naturally charismatic <laughs> and likable and she's a social chameleon. She can navigate like any social group, go in and, and make everybody fall in love with her. You know? Yeah. And, she's, she's pretty savvy that way. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's the thing. So that's why this whole idea of context matters. So you think about it, right? People say that yeah, it's like you're two kids raised by the same parents. Any parent out listening to this will tell you it's like you both you know you raised. If you have two kids, chances are they're wildly different. Ken uh, Ken Robinson talked about it in this TED talk you know, where they're like nothing alike. You're mm-hmm. just like, how is it that you know we give these two kids the same advice and we get these wildly different outcomes? And that is because context matters. Like they're different you know, people. They're, di- they're, they're yeah, very. Absolutely. I mean, there are variables that probably played a role in, in how, why my sister and I turned out so differently. Like she had a stable sort of you know sixth through you know twelfth grade same group of friends actually for seven years, like from the time she graduated from high school. Oh yeah, you know that apparently plays a role. It, on, the, on the flip side of that, I think that my risk tolerance, my capacity for adventure are significantly higher than hers. Like, you know, she, I don't think could navigate a job. She told me, she's like, I'm good at following instructions and, and having people tell me what to do. You know, and that really works well in certain contexts. If you're good at that, right. you know, then you can kill it. Well, but, but that goes back to the original thing that I had said in where in context matters and that we look at something as a limitation but yeah. it's not necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. It's context. Well, that's because the thing, you right? can't do snowboarding, you can surf. Well, yeah. I mean, like I, I fought that for so long. Like I felt like I, oh, I have to try to fit into this, you know, expectation of success on how my culture defines success. Uh-huh. Like if I don't meet it by that standard, I'm not successful. And I'll tell you, it still weighs on me at times um, because that's I there. 
And, and, and like there was, I remember some probably even a two week or two ago, I was like, wow, kind of a failure. You know, <laughs> like to, to, to have that thought is, is just, but by, but that's because I'm basing it on the context of that standard. It's like, oh, by that standard, that's yeah. just a pernized mom in your head, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, you now I am, you know, for those of you who want something entertaining to, to, to read, go to Twitter. Um, apparently I am no longer just <laughs> Srini the loser, but I am Srini the wine opener thief. Um, you guys will have to tell me, you know, what to make of this. I, it, you know, I, I've never stolen anybody's wine opener to the best of my knowledge. Um, but apparently it's a family heirloom that, you know, belonged to her grandfather, a grandfather, family heirloom, a wine opener. Apparently your family is a family of drunks. Not that there's any shame in that because I come from a family of drunks, but I'm I mean, just saying. Let's like, be honest. My, fam- so my, my family will claim they're not a family of drunks, but I can tell you like. Oh, your five, family is too. My family, they are. are. No, trust me. You come to my house at five o'clock. I'm like, I don't think I've ever been at my parents' house at five o'clock and there's not wine. Bruh. There's wine. I was going to say, there's definitely wine. I mean, like when you come over, the first thing my dad does is offer you a drink. It'll be like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you want some scotch? <laughs> you know, like, okay, I haven't had that experience with your no, dad. No, I remember the landscaping guy comes in. definitely like, wine at dinner, well, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, you know, so the funny thing is that, you know, the, the landscaping guy, I remember it does like, oh, you want some coffee? And he's like, nah, he's like, in the morning, he's like, you want some whiskey? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, okay. Whiskey sounds good. Jeez. Yeah. So you know, let, let, let's wrap this up by, by finishing. And you know, we <laughs> think about you know content we consume. Like you heard a bunch of different things on this this episode, and, and intentionally, there's nothing actually prescriptive here. Like we're not giving you any actionable advice because that's the whole point. Wouldn't it be hypocritical? If it we would did? be very hypocritical. So <laughs> this is the the thing that I would encourage each one of you to do is to literally ask yourself, okay. Srini said something, maybe that's bullshit for me. You know, like, is this bullshit for me? This is where I want to wrap. Everybody should, right? So one of the most common things you'll see on the internet, um, often when articles go viral, and I pick on my friend Ben Hardy for this, even though I like him, he's been a guest here and we're friends. He had this article titled Eight Things Everybody Should Do Before 8 a.m. I don't know about time you wake up, Gareth. I wake up early. So, but... If you just work the 13-hour shift at a hospital, the only fucking thing you should be doing is going to sleep. There's nothing on Ben's list you should be doing. <laughs> and that uh, is... I the, wake up at 6.50. Yeah, so that's the thing. Here's what I would say. Anytime you see the words, everybody should, you should assume that everything that follows is bullshit. Everybody <laughs> should start a podcast. Everybody should do this before 8 a.m. There's literally nothing anybody, everybody should do. Remember what our parents used to tell us when we were kids, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? But that's what adults do with prescriptive Mm -hmm. advice. You have some authority figure say, everybody's doing this thing. And you're like, great, because everybody's doing it, I'm going to do it too. And that is a recipe for disaster. Bro, do you know what I do between the time of 6.50 and 8 o'clock? Change diapers? Yeah, I hang out with my daughter. I wake her up. We have a cuddle party. I change a diaper and I get her ready for the day. If yeah. anybody were to tell me that I should be doing something else during that time, they can go take a hike. No offense to your friend, Ben, but I don't need to be told that there's a better thing for me to be doing during that time because that's maybe some of my favorite time during the day is hanging out with my daughter and, uh, and getting her ready for her day. Yeah. 
No, I mean, like I like so I have this daily routine and um, it works for me. Wouldn't work for you. Probably wouldn't work for a lot of our listeners. Like I don't have kids. I don't have to change diapers. You know, uh, thank <laughs> you. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I realized that a long time ago. I mean, that's, you know, that was one thing I, we were talking about. You know, I was talking about with Matt the other night. It's like, okay, I'm going to be leaving Colorado for a while. And even though you're here, it's kind of like we're in such different chapters of our lives. Like, it's inevitable that our friendship is a little bit different because of that. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I think that if I were to sum it up, I would say that you should basically here's what I would say. Consider the possibility that everything I'm telling you and everything I've ever told you and everything that all our guests have ever told you might be bullshit. Yeah. Because it might be in the context of your life. That doesn't mean all of it is, but you need to be able to detect bullshit if you want to prevent being duped by prescriptive advice. Gareth, anything else to add? Aside from just saying, I wish more people built a stronger bullshit detector. I mean, I genuinely think that the world would be a better place if more people could detect bullshit faster. Yeah. Aside from aside from echoing your thoughts, I've got nothing else, man. Great. Well, I think that that is a perfect place to wrap the show. I guess, uh, you know, maybe that'll be the title. Why detecting bullshit is the key to getting results from prescriptive advice. <laughs> All right, cool. We will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.